Hi there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast with Denise Alvarez. I am Denise, and I am so grateful that you're joining me here today on the podcast. We're continuing a conversation that I started last week, but before we get into that, I want to just quickly introduce myself in case we happen to be new friends. So I get the pleasure of serving horse business owners through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, and through that, I help you convert your website visitors into your customers through coaching, through website design and content, through email marketing strategy, and through Social Stride, my monthly membership, which you can check out on my website. All of those things, of course, stormlilymarketing.com. But I do each of these things for one reason, and that is to help you be able to do what you really enjoy and love doing so that you can be out in the barn or out in the arena with the horses that you love so much or serving the equestrians that you love so much. I know many of you are services that serve the equestrian community, and so I recognize that. I'm so glad you're here, and I really want to help you do what you love to do as well. And so that's why I have this podcast here, because I want to help you to market your horse business. And one of the ways that I do that through this podcast is to share with you some step-by-step strategies, some basic how-tos so that you can not only see what's possible for your horse business, but also so I can help guide you through that process to make it happen. So as I mentioned, this week on the podcast, we're continuing a conversation from episode 46. So if you have not heard the first part of that, it's okay. You can totally jump in here. And then I definitely hope you'll go back and listen to episode 46 because we are doing a two-part series here on sponsorships. I have an amazing guest with me. Her name is India Wilkinson. And as I shared last week, she has sold more than $3 million in event sponsorships. But not only that, she's been on both sides. So she has sold sponsorships and she has also been the sponsor, represented the company that is the sponsor to make sure those events and organizations were upholding their part of the contract and that they were each getting something great at the end of the event. And so last week, we talked specifically about event organizers, right? And how you can be a great event organizer, or even if you're a professional or you're a writer and you're looking for sponsorships, we talked about how you can increase that sponsorship revenue. Well, today we are flipping the switch and talking to you as a sponsor. So when you're a sponsor, how do you know what events are a good fit for you? How do you know how to customize that package, right? Do you want a banner? Do you want a print ad? Do you want a digital ad? Do you want to be in the gift bags? Do you want a tent? All of those different things. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, right? And I know we talked about this in the intro. You don't always love marketing. And so therefore, India is going to share some specific tips and strategies to help you to be able to be a great sponsor, but also to be able to get the most out of it and to know what it is you should expect as your return and what that looks like. So I hope that you will tune into this. And if you have not listened to episode 46, of course, I will link to that in today's show notes, which is episode 47. So you can go to stormlily.com slash 47 to check out the show notes because there I'll also list a summary of the points that India is bringing out for us today. Now, here's why sponsorship matters. You heard India share about this last week. And so because I'm jumping into the conversation, I want to just remind you why we're even talking about sponsorships on this podcast. 
because as you probably have noticed, you can hardly go to an equestrian event and not notice all the different sponsors that are there. And there's a reason. A, they're smart marketers, and so we definitely want to be smart marketers. But also, sponsorship investment truly is fueling the sport, whatever equestrian sport you are involved in, those sponsorships are helping. They're adding the prize money. They're adding uh, presence. They're adding PR, all of those different things. And so sponsorship has great value. I do not want anybody to look at it as just a transaction. I want you to see it as the opportunity that you have as a horse business to help support the sport that you love and that you're involved with, and then also as an opportunity for you to reach a new audience. And we will talk about those things on the podcast, but I just wanted to touch that again and just remind all of us why sponsorship even matters, why this conversation matters, and why no matter the size of your business or the niche or breed or discipline that you are involved in, in the equestrian world, this will apply to you and it will help you. So if you know someone who should listen, I hope that you will share it. But for now, listen in as India shares some top tips for brands and services for when you are a sponsor. Here you go. We're going to jump into sponsors and how sponsors can be strategic with their sponsorship when it comes to events and other things. So let's jump into that if we can. Um, I know that just like you did for event organizers, you have prepared a fantastic list of tips or strategies that people need to be aware of and implement when they go into an arrangement as a sponsor. So go ahead and share some things with us, India. All right, great. So I have my five top tips for brands or businesses, services that are are on the sponsor side. And uh, I've went into so much detail on the other side and um, sponsors can also learn from that. And this is really a um, more quick overview of um, some tips for brands. And like I said, I'm coming from a place of, experience. I've been on this side as well. You know, I've been and I am responsible for vetting uh, sponsorship opportunities and making sure that we're getting the most for our dollars. And I've been on that side um, in my past experience as well. So number one, want to look for events that reach your target audience. So that means you need to know who that target audience is. Right. So this is really important. And I know I say that really on everyone because I, I do think that these a total of top 10, if, if events could focus on those and sponsors could focus on these, all the rest will really take care of themselves. So everyone, quote unquote, is not a strategy. <laughs> and that is something that actually does come up, you know, when when I'm, I've worked in the in the consulting world, I'm like, okay, well, who is your demographic? And they'll say, well, everybody. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Everybody is not your demographic. So it's really important then when you're looking for a rider to sponsor, you know, an influencer, which that's what a rider would be in our world, uh, or an event or an association to really define who your 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 perfect client, your perfect customer, that perfect demographic, who is that? Because if you can focus on that and really do a great job with that, that the ripple effect will, will start to expand and you'll, you'll naturally hit, you know, other, other people, other demographics. But if you really get specific 
about that. So that's the first thing that I, I say to people is like, everyone is not a strategy. You have to decide who you want to support. So as a sponsor, thinking about not just what am I going to get? What am I going to get out of this? That is it. If you can shift your mindset into, you know, who is it that I want to support? So is it, is it, the youth of the equestrian world? Is that where I want to be? You know, are those the future decision makers? Are those, is that, is going to, um, are they going to embrace my brand? You know, so really thinking about who you want to support and not sell to. So those are really, really different strategies. Um, If you're in it to sell something, that is short-term. So if you want to support something, then that is long-term, that's a long-term partnership. And, um, that is, that goes across the board. I was giving an example to somebody, um, at Wells Fargo, which is also banking is a great sponsor for the equestrian industry. So when we were talking before about thinking outside of the equestrian world, so Wells Fargo, uh, offers a college credit card which is brilliant. And they do it at, you know, 0% interest and it helps you build credit. And and so of course we got one for my daughter and helping her build her credit. And I thought I was thinking about this because like you and I said, I analyze everything, every Uh strategy, every piece (laughs) of mail. And I thought, you know, this is so brilliant because if they, if Wells Fargo gets my daughter in as a customer now, why would she leave? She's going to build that credit with Wells Fargo and they know eventually she'll also buy a home. She'll buy a car. She'll take out a second, you know, like she could be a lifelong and it all stemmed from the support because that's how it comes across. They want to support our college student, not just sell to, they want to support and create a relationship. So when you're thinking about that, you know, as a sponsor, who do you want to support? And that will really help you to define which as I'm bombarded with um, sponsorship proposals and knowing who my target audience is really helps me to define which ones I'm going to look at, which ones I'm going to say yes to, and which, you know, of course have the conversation with. So if you, as a sponsor, you're just throwing stuff out there to, you know, like throwing spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks, you're not going to even know what sticks because you're just throwing all kinds of, you know, you're throwing this money out there. You're trying all these different things. You're sponsoring everything that comes at you. You're never going to know which one worked. You're never going to be able to measure it. It's just, it's going to make your job so much harder. So I like the methodical approach of taking each proposal, defining it. Does it, does it fit, you know, who I want to target and then start having that conversation. Um, So, and the other thing that, I think this is really valuable as a sponsor. I actually steer clear of the huge events. So that might be shocking, but you don't get the attention that you, some of them we, we want to be a part of and we want to support, we want to support that industry, but coming as just a single event that somebody might say, well, this is the event you have to be a part of this. You're really not going to be able to customize it. You're not going to get to do the product trial. You're not going to get to do the things. So sometimes you have to be a part of the bigger ones. And thank goodness we have those because those really support the entire system. But I look for more unique opportunities. Um, So, 
really looking for events that are really good to their sponsors. Like we talked about, I look at their social media. I look at how they promote their other sponsors, how they, how they support their riders, you know, what are they doing, you know, in return. And, um, so when you're looking for an event to sponsor, it's not always the biggest ones. It's not the ego saying, Oh, I'm with so-and-so really think about where those dollars are going to be used. So that's number one. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Well, and when you were talking about knowing who your audience is and how, you know, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall, which I've said too. Um, I think that the idea too, is that it, it gives you a filter, right? What you were saying is when you get all these packets, then, then it makes your job easier because you have a filter to be able to look at it and see, is that even a fit or not? Um, so I think for our listeners that are hearing this, I mean, this is not the first time that they've heard me say, no, who it is, who's your best fit audience, right? Who's your best fit customer? And then be intentional about going where they are and using that as a filter. Also, when you said that you shy away from large events, yes, a little bit of a shocker. So I love that. Um, but I think also for those listening, then you can also probably breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, right? You're not sitting there thinking, well, gosh, dang it. I don't have $5,000 in my back pocket this year just for sponsorship. So that's okay. Or 10,000 or, you know, you thought you had to be the title sponsor somewhere. And like you said, those things are good. Those shows, those events are extremely important and we need those sponsorships to keep those things going. It feeds the industry, but for horse businesses of, of all size, there are opportunities out there for you. And so don't be afraid to look past those larger events and know that it can actually be a very good thing for you. Um, so I'm very grateful that you said that. Yes. I love that. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Okay. Take us to number two. Okay. So number two, so once you decide, so you've gone through that. I love the filter. I love that terminology. You've gone through that. You've said, okay, this one looks pretty good. So as I said, in the, when we were talking about on the flip side of it, from the event side, um, having that conversation. And if, so because no one reaches out to me and says, Hey, can we get on the phone? I end up doing that to the event organizer or the person selling the sponsorship. And I'm like, Hey, can we get on the phone? And they usually say yes, hopefully, and that they do. And so then I go through the sponsorship package with them. And so now I am, I'm the one asking the questions. So I want to make sure like, is this, is this it? Like, is this, is this, are you married to this or can we tweak this? So I'm, that's the first thing I always ask, you know, can we tweak this? It's usually a yes within reason, like we talked about before. Um, so I want to be really clear about what they're going to offer. And I want to be very clear about my expectations of each one. So it will go through that, but then I am usually the one as the sponsor, I'll, I'll do the recap and I'll say, you know, here are the bullet points is what we discussed. And here is what I would like to add to the sponsorship package. Can you create a new proposal for me? So I'm taking it on as the sponsor, you know, here's what I want, you know, here's what, here are my expectations. You know, we've discussed this, but then I want a, what I, what I advise people completely against don't do anything, you know, like don't, don't t- and it's not that anyone would mean to not honor what they said. It's just overwhelming as an event organizer. And you may forget that you said that. So, or they might forget that they said that. So I want everything in writing. So if someone says, well, yeah, sure. We'll let you, you know, you can bring that 
that trailer and promote that. And then you show up with the trailer and the guy at the gate is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So you want to have that in your contract, you know? So you want to have that everything in writing so that, um, and on the flip side of this, where I said that as the event organizer, you have everything written down as the sponsor, I bring a copy of my contract. I bring a copy of emails. I have everything in a folder so that I can say, "Mm, nope, actually you said it's right here. You know, we agreed to this. So I take that on as my responsibility representing the brand that my expectations are very clear in what I want out of that sponsorship. Um, So I'm super clear with the event. And I'll say, if this is something that you don't think you can do, please don't tell me you're going to do it. Give them that, you know, kind of have that conversation. Um, And if they say, nope, yep, we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Then I want that in the contract. Um, So as as you're going through that sponsorship package, you know, you can kind of be creative and things like um, figuring out what your goals. So we talked about like brand trials. So maybe, um, you know, I'm representing Red Bull, like we we've talked about then, you know, for me, a logo somewhere doesn't, you know, it's nice. I really want my drinks in people's mouths though. Right. So that's, that's my goal. So can that event meet that goal? If they can't, And I want them to tell me that they can't, they can't police that they can't, they have no way of tracking that. And that's, that might not be the right, right event for me. Uh, For me as a, as a sponsor with main street market, I just sponsored my first event and um, it was really fun. And I chose an event for older amateurs, which I am as a writer. And um, what I wanted, this wasn't anywhere on the sponsorship package. I wanted one of our cards that explained what the app is with the QR codes. I wanted those put in all of the competitor packets. She was like, sure, I can do that. But that wouldn't have been offered. It's not something that they they originally offered. So as a sponsor, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone who had the QR code in front of them, could be able to scan it with their phone. Really no other way for me to do that. And so that sponsorship became very valuable to me. So I knew... And then I did, I trust her. I know I know the organizer. It's at Chat Hills Eventing. I love them. I've competed there. I volunteered there. We have a great relationship. I didn't have to follow up with her. She texted me. Done. Everything's in the in the packages. Thank you so much. And but so if you see what I'm saying as a sponsor, it wasn't in there. But that's something I wanted, and they were willing to do that. So as a sponsor, don't don't hesitate on asking for something if it doesn't cost the event any money. If you are asking them to put money into your sponsorship, then you're you're really out, you're being a little unfair. But if it's something that won't cost them anything and they can add value to the to the package, they're they're probably pretty willing to do that. Um, and then like for banners, and this is very specifically strategic, but I am very clear about where I want my banner. So I will ask, where does the photographer sit? And so I want to know where the photographer sits and then I'll go through, I'll go through that event and look at their, you know, they usually have a photographer's link and I can see where they're taking the pictures and posting those online and what banners are being shown. And that's where I want my banner. I want my banner where their photographer is sitting and where most of those, when she puts up her um, gallery for people to, to choose their photos, I want my banner showing up. So that's a very specific ask, but 
the organizer doesn't care where your banner is, you know, if there's not one already right. there. So yeah. yeah. Okay. The only thing is any listeners, if you're all going to the same event, you're going to get crowded <laughs> because she just gave you a really right? solid gold tip. <laughs> but no, there's plenty of shows out there and plenty of horse businesses. So that's really good. Thank you for providing such specific examples um, to help my listeners be able to figure out what does that look like? Because you and I, we talked about, we're marketing nerds, right? So we like, we right. pay attention to these things. We see what other people are doing. Um, but lots of horse business owners, they're like, you know, this, the sponsorship, they want to do it, but that's at the end of their long day where they just want it to be easy. Right. Or they have a hard time thinking creatively, creative. Right. So I appreciate those specific examples to help people realize they can go outside of the box and look for new ways uh, that will help connect them in a unique way to their best fit audience at that event. Yeah. And asking those questions. So this is something that's really simple, but I've seen banners. Somebody wanted their banner on the outside of the fence and thinking that that's the most visible. And what do people do? They stand, they stand on the outside of the fence. So they're standing right in front of their banner. So people can't actually see it. So you really want it on the inside of the show ring. So it's an easy thing for them to do, but it's those little things will add so much more value, you know, to your sponsorship. Um, and maybe like for some sponsors, they want information gathering. So maybe, you know, how do you do that at a horse show where well, you, you do a raffle, you know, and you put on the raffle ticket, you know, that you will be a part of you know, X's database by filling this out. But if they can win 10, 10 bags of feed, you know, by putting their name in the raffle, that's so valuable to that sponsor. You know, they're able to add to their contact list. That's very easy for an event to do. And yes, usually, I love that. yeah. And usually with the things that I ask for the events, like, gosh, I, yeah, we'll do that. That's great because it adds <laughs> value to their event. Yeah. Too, to their, their, they're their customers, they're their clients. And if they can say, Hey, this sponsor is going to give you, you know, a chance to win 10 bags of free feed. They love that. You know, right. so and, well, that's I'm gonna a good one. piggyback on that too, because two, two things that I love about that example you just gave a, everybody on here knows I love email marketing. And that is a great way for you to follow up with people later on and even provide a coupon or, you know, something mm -hmm. else free and a value via email. Um, and then email them regularly. So that's amazing. And then um, just the idea of what you said that oftentimes event organizers are like, yes, happy to do that. Then because you asked, you get it. And other people maybe didn't get quite access to that. And even next year when they add it to their package, because they love that idea, that if you keep that relationship up, then that is going to become something that people know that you are the sponsor for and you kind of become known for that. So love, love those ideas. Yeah. So exactly. And then, um, social media, I'm very clear in what I want in social media so that I don't get the hashtag that we mm -hmm. talked about before the one picture with the 15 yeah. hashtags. So I actually give them ideas. I give them examples of what I want. So, um, and like something that I've done for triple crown, I've actually put together a sponsored writer social media guide because so many sponsored writers, they genuinely want to support the feed there, whoever, you know, the, the brand that is sponsoring them. They genuinely do. They just don't know what to do. And they're so caught up in their day-to-day -day of training the horses and managing the barn and, you know, pure exhaustion. And so I created a tip sheet basically, and they're so grateful. They're like, this is easy, you know, but just having it all on one sheet. So I actually do that as well for any event that I, that we sponsor with, with triple crown, you know, I tell them, this is what I'm looking for. And they're so happy. They're so happy to oblige. 
they really want it to be successful for you. Sometimes they just don't know how. And when people don't know how to do something, it kind of paralyzes them mentally, you know? Um, so I'm very clear about what I'm looking for in, in the social media part of it, because what I don't want at the end of the day is for my expectations not to be met. But if I didn't lay them out there, then it's really on me because for them, they might think that one photo with a hashtag for the entire event is fulfilling the social media part of that, that agreement. I don't think anyone is ever trying not to make the sponsor happy. I just think a lot of times expectations are not set up in the beginning. Um, so as a sponsor, as a brand, as a business, I feel like it's my responsibility to help the event, to help the sponsored rider help us, right? So they really want to. Sometimes they just need a little guidance. And um, I feel like that is part of of what we have to do as a sponsor is tell them, this is what we want. Can you do that? Yes. All right. Great. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. That makes perfect sense. Okay. All right. So be super clear on all, and those are all so helpful. So what's our number three for sponsors? All right. So number three is to be active. Um, And this, this is something that I, I, as you could tell, I'm really passionate about as being an active participant in the sponsorships. And, and I, even help my, um, my advertisers on the app, you know, I help them with how to be active, you know, how to get more attention because as a sponsor, what I'm, what I'm doing. And as an advertiser, what somebody's doing is they're building their credibility with their customer or potential customer. So the more active you are, the more you are showing your support of the event that you're supporting, right? It doesn't, it's, you should be supporting the event you're supporting. So if, you are pouring money into this event as a sponsor, you should also be promoting that event and showing, you know, helping them also to promote their event and showing your partnership, showing the community that you're supporting the equestrian community. Do your part in showing them that you are actively a part of this community that we're all in. Not that, you know, otherwise do they have to be if, if you can combine your network and their network and showing this combined effort of support, that's only going to help everybody. You know, the rising tide lifts all ships. So I believe it's really important to be active in that sponsorship. If you can't be on site, you can be active on social media. You know, I mean, there's always ways to be active without actually showing up. There are most events that I am you know, in charge of now that I, I can't actually go. They're not, they're not anywhere in travel distance, but I can actively support them on social media, supporting the event manager. What can I do to help? How can I make your job easier? You know, so the, the better your relationship with the event organizer, the more you're going to get out of that sponsorship too. So if you're, if you're the sponsor that is saying, Hey, you know, what can I do to help you? How can I, how can I help make this event better? How can I really maximize my sponsorship? They want to help you. And they're going to, they're going to want to work with that person that is actively trying instead of the one that is complaining, you know, that didn't set up their expectations that said yes, but didn't really know what they were saying yes to. And then they're frustrated because they're not getting what they thought they agreed to. So I think it's really important to be active in that. And again, it's on me to to share with the equestrian community that we are partnering with all of these events that creates that loyalty, you know, as well. Um, 
So again, event organizers and writers, they want you to be happy. They want sponsors to be happy and communication. And that is key. Okay. That's all so, so good. It's obviously, I say that every time, just kind of like you say, this is really <laughs> important. I say, this I is really good. Um, but because I think so often this step is skipped over so easily, right? It's like, okay, I'm involved. I sent them the check. I emailed them my logo and now I'm moving on. Whereas when you take the opportunity to promote the event, you're also essentially promoting yourself because you're saying, Hey, we are supporting this industry. We are. And people make buying decisions oftentimes based on those things, right? That's one of the reasons you choose to sponsor. And so you are letting people know intentionally uh, that you'll be at that event, right? Or when you put a post out there and say, Hey, we're going to have a table set up, make sure you come by, let us know Mm -hmm. you're there. You know, there are different ways that you can be active and promote you know, the raffle you talked about, Hey, we're going to be giving X, Y, Z away, make sure you come by and enter, you know, all of those things are really smart ways to, um, look at that as a partnership together and to build up, like you said, that credibility. So I just love that because it's one that's so often, um, just looked right past. I love it. Yes. Okay. Tell us about number four. Okay. Number four, this is really black and white. (laughs) (laughs) And this is something that, that is not considered often, but you need to stay neutral as a sponsor or a brand or a business, especially in the equestrian world. And that's the, that's really where we're speaking to today. So you need to make sure that the event, the rider or the organizer of the event is not controversial. So what I mean by that, they don't have to necessarily, you can, you can see who they are on social media. It's really easy to see if somebody is neutral on social media or if they, you know, are hugely controversial or if they're aggressive, but that is not talked about very often, but it's very important because what you choose to support, whether you think perception is reality. So if the perception of that person or the event, if they're controversial and your brand is associated with them, you're lumped into that. There's nothing you can do about it. It just is. It's just the way that the world is now. So when I say that your beliefs don't have to necessarily align and you certainly don't have to go into a conversation with them, you know, it really doesn't matter religious or political beliefs. What matters is what they're putting out on social media. And if they are you know, if, if you get a sponsorship package from somebody and you look them up on social media and they are antagonistic, they are fighting on, you know, they've got all kinds of crazy or obnoxious or, you know, even lewd, you know, posts, you need to steer clear of that. So it's actually really important that as a brand, unless you, you know, unless that is something you want to be involved in, um, that you stay neutral and that you choose those kinds of organizations um, that don't have that drama swirling around them. Um, I've seen that happen and there can, it's a, it can be a really tough public relations fallout um, to be associated with a person within an organization or an organization or an event that has a lot of drama you know, around them. So that does take just a little bit of due diligence. Um, you know, so you just don't want your brand to get caught up in something like that and then to be undoing or apologizing or explaining because once that perception is the perception, as we all know, once it's out there, it's really hard then to undo that. So 
very short and sweet. Stay neutral. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super interesting. I, that is not one I would have guessed that you were going to say. Um, but what I typed out in my notes as you were saying that is something that I've not really talked about much on this podcast, but it inspires an idea for a future episode is the idea of um, your culture of your business, right? Mm-hmm. And so even if you are a one and two person team, you have a value system for your business that you have built up, whatever it may be. And so looking for um, ways to work with people that align with that or to intentionally not work with organizations or people that may not align with that um, can be super strategic, but it's not really something that we've talked about very much on here. So I appreciate that you've brought that up and just that idea of being intentional about that, because again, that gives you a filter when you're Mm -hmm. looking through. It doesn't mean you write somebody off completely, but it does give you that yellow flag maybe to look a little bit deeper or to Mm -hmm. intentionally write things into your agreement to say what is or is not okay as far as representing your brand goes. Um, So that's a really good and interesting point. Yeah. And I do think it's, it is a whole, it's a whole nother avenue. Like you said, a great topic to discuss culture. And just for an example, I had an opportunity to sponsor a clinician and this clinician extremely well-respected in, in the, you know, equestrian world and, and great writer, great teacher, but radical in, in religious beliefs, radical in, in, you know, prosecuting verbally people that she didn't agree with. Well, Mm. I can't invest in that. I can't because, because there's 50% of people that, you know, and it's, it's, it was, it's sad. And I actually never even talked to her about it because I didn't, it's not my job to teach that lesson. Right. But, you know, but I, people think, well, that's just, that's my personal life and this is my business life, but it isn't not in this world, not in this culture. We, whether you think you are or not, you have a brand. People do have, you have an identity. People believe something about you. And, um, you know, and like we've said, it's people, it's just people, people serving people. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it's really important unless you don't care. You know, it's one, it's maybe she doesn't care and she doesn't need the money, which is fine. I just chose to not put a brand as a part of that because I didn't want the fallout and I didn't want us to be attached to anything radically religious, you know, and and I am a person of faith. It has nothing to do with that. It has, this is a business decision. And I don't think that people always think about that, that their social media, if it's public, which it was, Mm-hmm. you're putting it out there that that does become a part of your, your identity. And so it, it is interesting because it, it does, it crosses those lines do cross, you know, whether you want them to or not. So, yeah. Oh, yep. Whole other topic or whole other podcast episode. <laughs> I think I can see it brewing, um, but that's so good. So I'm going to say, yeah, stay neutral and know your culture and your values. And that'll help you figure out which direction to go with that. Okay. Number five for our sponsors. Um, what is your last strategy or tip for them? Okay. So, um, number five, which, you know, we talked about, I could, I could add five more, but we'll stop here. (laughs) Um, so it's really important, just like we talked about on the event side that the post event is just as important as the pre and, um, the during. So post event, it's so important to measure and assess the success or the results, you know, however you want to look at it. And everybody's assessment is different. You know, so you really have to decide as a, as a sponsor, as the representative of a brand or, and, you know, or 
as a representative of your own business, you know, however, whatever that looks like. If you were the decision maker in this, it is up to you to, uh, you know, to measure that. And that if that's your own business so that you can keep record of it, or if you're accountable to somebody so that they know was, you know, was that, was that a successful venture or not? That measurement is really important. So these are a few, I've came up with a couple of questions that might help with that. Um, and one is the, this is so important. Did the organizer follow up with you? And I will tell you that a hundred percent, just like I said, that a hundred percent did not send a thank you. A hundred percent do not follow up. They just don't follow up. It's, it, they are on to the next thing. They think, you know, the event's over, so it's over. And that follow-up is so important. So first thing, did the organizer follow up? Did they show their appreciation? This is really important to me as a sponsor. Did they value me? Did they care? You know, are they grateful? I don't need a parade, but I do want to know that, that that money meant something, that that participation meant something. And if they don't do that, it, it isn't that, that simple step can keep me from sponsoring again, because if the, if they don't value the investment that we made, why would I do it again? So it's not just about the, um, that simple, thank you. It's really about, did they just sell me or do they want a partnership with me? You know, so that's important part of that, um, that evaluation then I like to write down the wins. So Denise, you've gotten to know me. I'm a very positive person. I really want to focus on the wins. And this is something that I do in my business life every day because it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of things that aren't aren't living, you know, that might, I don't necessarily think they're going wrong, but maybe are learning curves or maybe that could have been done better. So every day I write down three wins for the day. And I keep a count. I just keep it in a calendar and just, it's really simple, but it really helps me focus on, on the, the good things, you know, the good things that happen. So I like to do that in a sponsorship evaluation as well. So I like to go through and really write down all of the wins. So where, where did things go really, really well? Um, and if this is an ongoing sponsorship, so we do have some ongoing sponsorships with, um, you know, our writers. So I do that once a month, I go through and I write down all of the positive things that that sponsorship has cultivated. Um, and that really helps me to kind of stay on track because just we're all so busy and we just kind of tend to forget, you know, forget things. So that really helps me um, to write down those wins. And then number four, did the event or is the writer meeting your expectations? Now, this is only if you made them clear up front. So you can't you can't write down that they didn't meet your expectations if you didn't make your expectations clear. So that could be a learning curve. If they didn't meet your expectations, did you let them know what your expectations were? So if you did, and then you can go through and say yes or no, this this part, you know, was missing or whatever. So and then number five, what could you, as the sponsor, what could you have done better? What could you have done to help the event um, be better? So I always think that, again, I'd say, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. So if we are all in this together and we all believe, if I'm investing in a in an event, then I want to, I, I believe that in some way I need to be a part of making that the best that it can be. And then um, number six, I create 
an evaluation sheet. So this is very, it's professionally personal, right? So it's not, it's, everyone's going to have their own, um, their own evaluation values. So, or checklist. So for me, it's very specific to my expectations. It's very specific to the demographic. You know, did we hit the demographic that we thought that we were going to, was that presented to me correctly? Um, so I go through those, those checklists and I make sure that I go through the proposal and the, and, um, the contract and make sure that all of those were met and, um, and then any photos that I took. So I keep those all in a notebook because again, we all forget, we go into the next thing. And if the person that I work for says, Hey, you know, tell me about that quarter horse association event that we sponsored back in February. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, I can't remember. Uh-huh. I can go back to my notebook, right. I can go back to my notebook and say, Oh, this, this, and this, and oh, but next year I'd like to build on this. So I actually write down my notes. I write down my feelings. I, I have been doing this long enough that I really trust my gut as well. You know, did I, did it feel good? Maybe they missed some of the checklist, but overall I had a super great experience and the winners of the, um, you know, of the raffle were really happy and they promoted that. So I write all of that down so that I can then, um, have that. So next year does roll around, you know, and they're, they're going to send me the sponsorship package most likely. And I'll go through there and I'll say, you know, Hey, you know, I love this, but let's do this. And could you do this a little better? And I'll make sure that I get this to you sooner so that you're not last minute trying to put up our band, you know? So it's a great way to just, um, just keep things organized. And the more organized we are, then we feel so much more productive and we can, you know, be more positive. It's when we get overwhelmed, but it does take time to sit down post event and, you know, just kind of unload all of those, um, those thoughts, those feelings and, um, you know, and go through that checklist. Okay. That's so good. I have a question for you along those lines. So how do, did you, and do you now, as a sponsor, and again, I know it's very subjective, um, but how would you tend to track your ROI, right? So you have a spend, I mean, especially, you know, say you drop $10,000 as a sponsorship on an event, most likely, depending on the event, you're not walking away saying, okay, I made 20,000 in sales this weekend. Um, So what does that look like to you? How do you justify those expenses, you know, for horse business owners that are listening and saying, you know, I've got somebody asking me to spend a thousand dollars, but I'm not sure how I'm going to recoup that or what that's going to look like or how I measure that. What do you say to that person? That is such a great question. And it really, it ties into the other side as well of being the event. So, and I, and I'm really glad you brought that up because I should have talked about this. So when I was on the event side, I always made clear like a sponsorship does not typically deliver a return on the investment. It's really about support. And this is why I talked about, you know, who do you want to support? Who do you, where do you want to connect? You know, how do you want to um, present, be presented in front of your potential customers? But it is, it is close to impossible for anyone to, truly give you a promise. If they do promise you a return on the investment, I would be a little skeptical of that because that's really (laughs) hard to deliver. Um, And I think that goes along with your expectations. And 
So as a sponsor now, it's already ingrained in me that that's not going to happen. So I'm never looking for a financial return on investment. I'm always looking for all of those other things. But I think that is so important because even with, you know, I had somebody the other day who was a advertising partner and at our um, entry level package, which is awesome. You know, that's what mostly that we do. And we've only been live you know, now for 90 days and she's only been on board for 30. And she said, I'm going to remove my, I'm going to take my listing down. I'm just not, I'm just not seeing any action. And I was like, I completely understand, which I do, you know, and I said, just let me help you understand. This is really more about branding, you know, and it's really helping establish your credibility in the equestrian world so that when someone sees your Facebook post and then they see, an email, and then they see you on Main Street Market, you know, they're kind of putting those dots together. You know, no, I can't promise you that you are going to get a sale from every single person that's downloaded the app. That's Mm -hmm. really not what we do. And that's why we don't take commission and we don't take liability. What we are is simply a marketing platform to get more eyes. So that I say that as a very, um, it's a very specific example of helping someone understand return on investment. And that is absolutely translates into the sponsorship world, unless you are actually doing something that is transactional. Like if you are selling, so if you are selling product, you know, at the event, which does happen, you know, they betting companies will sell, they'll sponsor the event and they will sell and they can, they can actually see a return on that investment. Um, you know, or a feed company or so there are companies that can see a return on their investment. And, um, but that means there has to be a transaction on site and that doesn't usually happen with a sponsorship. So as a sponsor, I would suggest, you know, that you manage those expectations and the pressure sometimes that sponsors put on an event for that ROI can be really overwhelming. So if you are an event, be upfront, you know, and just say, I, I, you know, we cannot, we don't believe that we can, we can measure up to this. I mean, it's better to not take that sponsorship money and be honest about that. If that sponsor is looking for a direct return on investment, because the, the aftermath of that will just be really hard. You know, if you take that money and you can't deliver it's, it's just not a good, it's not a good place to be, you know? So I think the event should be very upfront and that's why those expectations are so important, you know, and it's nobody's fault if the sponsor is looking for a return and the event man, you know, the event organizer doesn't know it. And the event organizer thinks they're doing everything they can, but then the sponsor's all mad because they didn't get their return and, but nobody talked about that. So Hmm. that communication is so key and if that is as a sponsor, if you are looking for a return, a, you know, a measured return on the money that you invest, you need to be very clear with the event or the rider that that is, is what's going to happen. Because I have represented a brand that we sponsored a rider in the way that we, we did it. The sponsorship was pretty cool for every, um, every product that she sold with her code. That's how she got paid. Okay. I was was going to ask about that if you ever do that or see it that way. Yeah. Okay. Super cool. So Mm -hmm. she was happy because she, it was basically like earning commission, but it was a sponsorship and Mm -hmm. it was great because, you know, the, the product was getting tons of publicity, which is exactly what we wanted. And she was getting paid on every product that was sold. So it was a win-win. It was all Mm -hmm. incremental sales. 
but the expectations, and that's, that is something that my clients always got with me. I really helped them to define their expectations and that they were realistic, you know, um, because you have to think about sponsorship. A lot of times it's like a billboard and where a billboard, so say a hotel puts a billboard up, they really don't have any way of measuring where, you know, if a customer actually called them because of that billboard. However, that billboard is an absolute necessity in their marketing budget. They have to have that branding out there. They want that customer to connect and to see them, you know, and so we know that it takes eight to 12 touches now for somebody to make a buying decision. So that sponsorship marketing is, is a part of that, you know, but that's where that expectation See, I can just go oh, so on good. and on and on. <laughs> well, and when you said that about the touches, I thought the same thing. I thought we've talked about that here on the podcast about, yeah, it takes multiple touches. And so truly that question of, you know, even in social media, you know, like how do I get more sales on social media? Well, it doesn't always mean that you're going to post a, um, a sale post every week. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to track that because sometimes it's building that trust and relationship, which then eventually results in that sale. So it's a very similar thing. So, but that's, but I think that as a business owner, I totally get, they're trying to be wise with their money and say, mm-hmm. and think that way. And so it is sometimes just reframing that thought process and what that strategy is. So, so, so good. India, this has been so helpful. I just know that my listeners, no matter what niche they're in, no matter what breed, no matter what size their business, will be able to take this information and apply it. And I just love that. So thank you so much for sharing so freely and such great tips and strategies and examples. Oh, thank you for having me. It truly, truly is an honor. I have such a heart for serving others and i genuinely love to help people succeed. And if they can, if they, if somebody takes one tip from this and it, it increases their visibility or, you know, their success, then it's a win-win for all of us. You bet. Okay. So this is episode 47. Now our first part of the conversation was episode 46. So listeners, you can go to stormlily.com slash 47 and find these tips for event sponsors. And then um, I want to give you another chance, India, to share a little bit about uh, where people can go to find the app that you were talking about, just in case they have not listened to the first part of our conversation and they're just jumping into this and tell them about Main Street Market and where they can find that. Thank you. So Main Street Market is an app that is available on, um, it's in Google Play and in the App Store. And our website is MainStreetMarket.com. And that's M-A-N-E StreetMarket.com. And we are an app that we've only, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, we've only been live for about 90 days. We launched in May 2021. So exciting. And basically our app provides a search engine for sales forces and equine services it is simply a marketing platform, um, which it's so simple if you want to find horses or equine services in any area. So it can detect your location and you can search by location or you can put together a buying trip, um, which is great. And it's also a marketing platform for sales horses and equine services. And we have advertising opportunities you know, on the app. And we have a sister website that was really important to me. Um, just, I think I'm eight, I'm aging myself, but I do love to sit on my laptop and look at the big screen. So the app mirrors the website and the website mirrors the app. It's really cool. 
Um, so we have those advertising opportunities. And as I mentioned the first time, I apply my experience and my expertise in sponsorships and really help propel my advertisers and really get more eyes on their horses and their equine services and um, treat them like gold, you know, because that's what they are to me. And I'm so grateful for everyone that has jumped on board and supported Main Street Market. And we're seeing, it's really cool. We're starting, I'm calling them Main Street Matches and we're, we've sold a couple of horses off the app. We've had uh, a couple of, um, a farrier that I can't track all of them, but I do get some success stories. And it's really cool to start to see this really working because our tagline is instantly um, connecting equestrians. And that's what I love to do. That's awesome. I love that. And so of course I will put those links over in the show notes as well so that everybody can check that out. So again, thank you so much for sharing. I really, really appreciate it. And I wish you the very best of luck with your app. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Wasn't that so good? As you know, I love practical tips. I love personal examples. And so India brought that for you. And I'm so, so grateful. So I hope you enjoyed it. And especially, I hope that it will help you as you move forward, as you make plans for 2022, perhaps, because this episode happens to be airing towards the end or the second half of 2021. As you're planning out, I hope that you will think about sponsorships and how you can use them intentionally and strategically. So as always, you can check out those show notes at stormlily.com slash 47. I will have the links there to India's Main Street Market app. So we definitely hope that you will check that out as well. I'll have a link to part one of our conversation from last week when we talked specifically to event organizers and people that are actually out there securing the sponsorships. And as always, if you have not subscribed or followed the podcast yet, I sure hope that you will. You will get a quick notification every week when there's a new episode. And of course, I send an email every week also. So if you would like to sign up for my emails, you can go to stormlily.com slash podcast. Or if you want a freebie as in exchange for that, I do have a free website checklist that I'd be happy to send you. And you'll see that on the, the website there as well, stormlilymarketing.com. Either way, I'm so grateful that you're here. I hope this was very helpful information. If you have any questions about any of it, please feel free to reach out. Send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook or shoot me an email. I'm always happy to hear from you. And again, thank you for being here. I wish you the very best in your horse business and I'll see you again next week. 